Thank you all for tuning into the Your Edge podcast. I'm Therese Van Ryn, Senior Director of External Communications at Zebra Technologies, and I'm thrilled to be sitting down today with Sean McCarthy, the Vice President of Worldwide Sales for the Mass Scale Infrastructure Group, otherwise known as MIG at Cisco, as well as Jeff Stark, the Director of Zebra's Strategic Operational Partner Team. I understand you were both in Barcelona recently at Mobile World Congress talking about 5G and Wi-Fi in the context of enterprise applications and how these two wireless network technologies should be viewed more as complementary of one another versus an either-or choice. Great to have you both with us today. Thank you. Yeah, th- thanks, thanks, Carice. Uh, and you're, you know, it's great to be here with you and. Uh, yeah, you're correct. It was great to have Jeff uh, on a panel I moderated at uh, at Mobile World Congress a couple months ago. A couple months ago, uh, it was uh, it was a really insightful discussion, and it's great to be here today with you. Agreed. Uh, again, thanks for the uh, Sean and the Cisco team for for hosting in in Barcelona during Mobile World Congress, and appreciate the opportunity to to sync up. That sounds wonderful. So let's start by painting a realistic picture of 5G today. Thanks to years of consumer targeted messaging around 5G, especially TV commercials trying to get people to switch to 5G, we found here at Zebra that there's a lot of confusion around 5G availability and its real purpose. Sometimes we find customers are thinking about it in terms of speeds and feeds on their personal smartphones and trying to translate that into business applications. The truth is 5G is not just an upgrade from 4G. So Jeff, what does 5G mean to you and what should it mean to business leaders undertaking digital transformations within their organizations? Well, that's a uh, it's it's a great question and uh, I completely agree with the hype of the last 3 to 4 years uh, on the consumer side as you know both equipment consumer phones and uh you know network operators are are pushing 5g but it's been difficult to you know to find actual use cases that are relevant to enterprise i think the good news as we found out (laughs) if if there is a a good news story uh, is that there was a pause in in that hype at least at in barcelona at mobile world congress because in, in essence you know for two years the industry did, did not come together uh, in, in any types of, of numbers that were meaningful in order to, you know, kind of address the status of 5G. Um, it was really um, refreshing to be back in Barcelona, uh, you know, in the, at the end of February, beginning of March, after the COVID pause and, and see that, uh, you know, the industry is shifting and, and pivoting uh, while in the past there was a struggle for 5G use cases, the resounding message in, in Barcelona and at Mobile World Congress was, you know, the dawn of the uh, opportunity with enterprises could possibly be private 5G use cases and opportunities. Everywhere that uh, I went and every partner that I spoke to in, in Barcelona was very hyped on uh, private 5G opportunities for the enterprise. So I I think that's a, a, you know, a path forward. And, you know, at Zebra, we're very interested in participating and ensuring that, you know, our existing legacy devices, as well as our 
new devices which are 5G capable, you know, are relevant in this new emerging opportunity. Mm -hmm. Jeff, I know you were talking about 5G applications in the context of IoT and manufacturing in a TED panel a few years back. Have they matured as you expected since then, or have you seen 5G evolve into something else in enterprise environments? Again, great question. I think when we when we first looked at uh, you know the discussions around our our TED talk. It was at the very beginning of kind of the rollout of, of 5G, even on the consumer side. So uh, we had expectations that it would take longer, uh, you know, for the enterprise to adapt. Uh, I, I think that overall, you know, one of the uh, the benefits of, of, of the COVID-19 experience was the transformation and the acceleration of, of, of new technology in the, in the enterprise space. So it's it's actually been a tech boom uh, to deal with kind of the the new realities and opportunities that, that presented during the past two years. So um, combine that with the uh, you know the awakening of uh, both the equipment suppliers and the operators to you know latch on to private 5G CBRS. Uh, you know this is a uh, <laughs> again a, I think a an acceleration. So I think that the uh, hype for Mobile World Congress was all about, you know, the private 5G for the enterprises and that we're viewing, you know, private 5G as ultimately the bridge to mobile edge computing mech. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Sean, would you agree with Jeff's assessment of 5G from the enterprise perspective or does Cisco have a different point of view on the value of 5G and the opportunity it presents? Yeah, no, yeah, listen, I think Jeff is really spot on here. Um, you know, as we've all seen, you know, there's this marketing battle that's, that's taken place the last several years. You know, it's really an attempt to, to win uh, the hearts and minds of consumers, right? Um, but when I talk to, you know, executives at, at mobile network operators, um, you know, I haven't come across a single one of them that said that they have customers that are willing to pay more for 5G than what they paid for their phone plans for 4G, right? So, you know, what you have here is there's just a tremendous amount of cost that the operators need to incur, right, uh, to build out these 5G networks. But but our poos aren't changing, right? Um, so how do they monetize it? And, and really the real opportunity for operators to, to monetize this opportunity and really where you're going to find the, what I would call the sort of step function in terms of value is, is it, in the enterprise, right? And specifically, it's in these uncarpeted spaces of the enterprise, which we call the OT environment. So uh, Jeff talked about, you know, the pandemic hit and technology and digital transformation accelerated. And that that absolutely happened. Uh, and it really happened in the in the IT, uh, in the IT world, less so in the OT world. You know, uh, we didn't really rethink work uh, in the OT environment. So we think Private 5G is an opportunity to revisit uh, the way we work, the way we run our operations in the OT environment. We're seeing just a ton of opportunities to do that. Um, and really, we're driving, you know, private 5G as, as a key enabler to sort of, you know, create these material efficiencies and, and these benefits and outcomes for customers. So, it, you know, it tends to be a combination of IoT, of Wi-Fi 6 and private 5G. 
that the enterprises are leveraging. And it's really the convergence of those te- technologies that I think is really probably the, the real game changer here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's been a lot of discussion lately around the right way to build enterprise wireless networks in support of factories, warehouses, retail stores, hospitals, stadiums, and beyond. Our mobility engineers have been fielding many questions from customers wanting guidance on whether cellular 5G, private networks, or Wi-Fi will be best for them. But I understand you don't see there being a singular approach anymore. Is that right? Yeah, you know, listen, it's, I think it's really about using the right tool for the right job. Um, and when we began this journey a couple of years ago, you know, there was talk about, hey, how 5G is going to kill Wi-Fi. Uh, but that didn't happen. And we really don't see that to be the case at all. You know, in fact, I would say probably 100 percent of our engagements, they end up being a combination of Wi-Fi 6 and 5G. Um, and listen, there, you know, there are use cases and there are applications where you, know, you need the capabilities that only 5G can can provide. But, you know, Wi-Fi, it's the best, it's the most cost-effective, it's the most economical solution for a very, very large portion of the use cases. You know, so give you a good example, um, we're working with several venues, right? And these venues, they want to put their mission-critical equipment on the private 5G network. Think things like point-of-sale equipment, critical machine-to-machine communications. But, you know, it also makes sense for everything else to live on Wi-Fi, right? The trick, though, is that, you know, what customers don't want is they don't they don't want to have two completely siloed solutions. Right. They want a single integrated solution. And when I want to talk about that, I'm talking about things like identity, policy, security. So having a completely integrated solution across Wi-Fi and private 5G, that's what's going to enable you to use the right tool for the right job, but do so without making it very uh, operationally burdensome, if you will. Mm hmm. Makes a lot of sense. Jeff, I know we're currently working with Cisco to pilot private 5G and Wi-Fi 6 technology in our Zebra Distribution Center in Flowery Branch, Georgia. Can you talk a little bit about our strategy there and what are we trying to do along with why did the team feel Cisco's private 5G solution alongside Wi-Fi would be best? Um, let me just, uh, you know, comment on on the topics that uh, Sean covered, and, and and again, this leads into why the partnership with Cisco is is so relevant. Mm-hmm. Um, we also agree that you know Wi-Fi is not going to disappear anytime soon. So the ability to overlay a private 5G network in the same environment is a is a great opportunity to both address security and a a larger geographical coverage and provide. The backup necessary to ensure that you know you do have critical connectivity for mission critical. Um, we're drinking our own Kool Aid at our Disty Center as a as an initial proof of concept, uh, where we can you know practice and deploy uh, to achieve all of those uh, you know goals which I which I outlined. And you know, one of the things that you know we're hearing time and again from enterprises is, and and a, and a reason to select the Cisco solution is that it doesn't require a a rip and replace of all of the connectivity. It's an overlay that can incorporate not just managing your Wi-Fi, but then also overlaying the private 5G so that you would have the the best of both worlds for dependability and total cost of ownership. Mm-hmm. 
That's really interesting. Can you share more about the projects that Cisco and Zebra are working on together in support of our mutual customers? Yeah, so I, I would say that, you know, Cisco has become uh, a very important and uh, strategic partner for us. Uh, it, you know, it starts with, uh, you know, how we engage on the simplistic of, simplicity of a Wi-Fi connectivity. So we have a, a lot of common environments where, um, you know, Cisco is the, the Wi-Fi network of choice and, and Zebra is the enterprise device solution of choice. So it, it benefits all of us and our customers that we have a strong relationship, a strong process that we map well. We know how to escalate if there are issues. We bring account teams together. We bring our um, engineering and support organizations together. We have, you know, interop testing that we've now, you know, started from you know less than a handful of devices to more than 50 devices. So, you know, we're ensuring that Zebra devices work well in those Cisco environments and that we're looking at the overall roadmap from five Wi-Fi Wi-Fi 5 to 6 to 6E. So we're, you know, sharing our roadmaps, looking at technology and solutions. Um, I would say that healthcare has been, you know, one of those big areas where we've seen, you know, significant improvement in our engagements and our customer satisfaction. Uh, you know, it's one thing that we want to, I would say, rinse and repeat as we look at uh, broader verticals and engagements. Uh, we're looking at new opportunities with our sales teams to ensure that we have alignment, that they're talking when we're in the same customer. And as we demonstrated at Mobile World Congress, you know, we're we're looking at blogs and, and press conferences and, and sales training as well to support. So, uh, you know, we are extremely uh, encouraged and uh, we, uh, Sean, I want you and, and the Cisco team to know we are very appreciative of, you know, where we were 18, 24 months ago to, to where we are today. And, you know, we look forward to a, a bright future of working together. But Jeff, thanks. I, I really appreciate that. Uh, thank you for that. And uh, if I could just add on a couple things here, um, you know, um, I was thinking about we were reviewing our um, our roadmap just yesterday, right? And um, and when we when we look at our private 5G roadmap, you know, there's really four areas we look at, right? So first we look at, you know, what are the capabilities, the features we need to develop? And then we look at what are the use cases that those capabilities can enable? And as part of the roadmap, we look at our partners, like what are the partners that can go deliver on those use cases? And then the, the fourth category, and it's last but not least, is the ecosystem of devices that are available. Um, and really that last part um, is really why the partnership with Zebra is just so critical and so important to us. Uh, you know, the network is only useful if you have the mission critical devices to connect to it, right? Mm -hmm. And so what we're trying to do is really align our roadmap uh, and the use cases we can deliver on to Zebras, right? Uh, because we really need that 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 joint partnership to to sort of enable these outcomes. Um, and and again, you know, thank you. Uh, we really appreciate that. You know, you're not just an enabler of use cases, but uh, like you mentioned, you're a consumer of the solution in the you know logistics facility. So. You know, there's really a, an amazing opportunity for us both, you know, to be able to showcase uh, the capabilities and what our two companies can do together. It's sort of the, you know, the, the one plus one equals three is, is really amazing to see. Um, 
And we do. We do have some really great joint engagements together. Um, I don't think I can can name names, but just, you know, a couple examples uh, with the Department of Defense. You know, we're working with several different agencies and those tend to be, you know, logistics use cases. Uh, you mentioned healthcare. Um, that's a really, really important space. And there's several projects we're working on, uh, you know, around asset management, around patient identity management, uh, those types of things. Ports. Uh, we're working, uh, you know, really to completely streamline some of these operations inside of ports. And then, yeah, I think the one most people talk about, uh, you know, most frequently is manufacturing, right? So we definitely have some joint engagements in the manufacturing space. And that's really about the, you know, the factory of the future. Uh, you know, that's where you see things like these automated guided vehicles, you, the autonomous mobile robots, and, a, and a, you know, just a tremendous amount of machine-to-machine communication. So, um, you know, there's really a ton of uh, activity um, and, you know, we're really excited about these joint engagements. They're going really, really well. That's amazing. And I would imagine you've had a lot of key learnings thus far from these pilots and projects. Are there certain best practices or decision criteria that should be applied when IT teams or project managers are starting to map out the wireless strategy for their organizations or perhaps mistakes to avoid making, such as not considering longer-term connectivity requirements when rolling out new IoT technology platforms today? Yeah, it's a it's a great question. And, and you're right, there's been a lot of learnings. You know, um, you know, like I mentioned, a lot of these conversations, they start out being about 5G, right? Um, and they end up being a combination of Wi-Fi and 5G. You know, um, and when we think about uh, the outcomes that our customers are looking for is generally, you know, three high level criteria that we use when we're trying to determine if it's a 5G, you know, uh, is 5G going to be the best option? You know, we think about reliability, we think about security, and then we think about coverage requirements. So if there's a really high reliability requirement, then 5G tends to be the better option. And the example I often use here is the one actually I mentioned earlier around venues. You know, venues tend to want their mission critical devices to be in this really extremely reliable network, and, and 5G is the best option there. Same thing with security, right? Uh, you know, examples in security are things like healthcare and defense, where there are just very, very high security requirements, and 5G is very attractive. And then, then lastly, is coverage, right? So. You know, 5G is really great when you cover a very, very large space, um, especially when you need both indoor and outdoor coverage. So think like car manufacturing where you need coverage inside the plant, as well as, you know, these giant parking lots where the finished products go. And, and then coverage also, the other aspect of coverage we think about is, is like roaming or multi-site type coverage. And those are things like logistics use cases, right? Um, the other criteria that you will start to see, um, it's still a little bit early days, is, is around latency. And it's kind of funny because latency is the big, uh, you know, the big talk track in 5G. But, you know, we still don't have fantastic latency capabilities. Um, and they're going to improve as, uh, as we have, you know, 3GPP release 17. Uh, it's going to enable lower latencies. And so you're going to see, you know, that become a really important uh, requirement. And that's where you see these sort of autonomous robots and, uh, you know, uh, these elements of the sort of factories of the futures in the warehouse. So that's sort of the, the when private 5G part of the answer. You know, the how 
from my perspective, is really about uh, delivering outcomes. And uh, we often say here at Cisco that uh, private 5G is like the movie Fight Club. So if you've seen the movie Fight Club, then you know that the first rule of Fight Club is that you don't talk about Fight Club, right? Mm-hmm. And that's really hard for technology folks, but I always tell my team, we don't want to talk about 5G. Um, you know, it turns out that customers don't care about 3GPP. You know, they don't care about packet cores or, or they don't care about ORAN. You know, what, what they care about is outcomes. So, you know, we spend a lot of time really trying to take the complexity out of the solution and really focusing on those outcomes. Um, you know, and like I mentioned, our, our strategy is a solution that seamlessly integrates, you know, Wi-Fi and policy and identity and security. Um, and we, so we try to really simplify that. And one of the ways we're doing that is we're delivering it as a service. So that is really resonating with customers is, you know, they don't really need to know all the complexity of, of a 5G packet core and all the different elements that are needed to make it work and all the details of, of the radios, right? So we're really just trying to abstract all the complexity out of the solution and we're delivering it as a, as a service. Um, and I'll just say the last thing in terms of best practices, you know, what we're really doing is we're working with a really small set of, um, you know, extremely capable partners uh, and systems integrators that are like us focused on outcomes. So I think when you when you stop thinking about 5G and you start thinking about outcomes, that's when you can really make a huge impact. Hmm. That's great. Well, before I let you go, I have to ask, on a lighter note, did you do anything fun while in Spain? Uh, I mean, I'll, I'll jump on this. Uh, you know, um, I don't know if you've been to Mobile World Congress Barcelona, but it's it's always a busy week. Um, you, you, you're typically, you know, on your way to the events around 8 a.m. You've got back-to-back meetings all day. And then in Spain, dinner is often at like 10 or 11 at night. So, you know, I always call it an endurance event. Um, and there's <laughs> typically not a ton of time for fun. Uh, the good news I will say, though, is there's never a shortage of just amazing food and, and really, really good wine. So uh, I'll say, you know, um, you know, my body battery was probably uh, around a zero on the flight home, but uh, my belly was pretty full. So it's uh, it's always it's always a good time to be there. Yeah. Jeff, how about you? Yeah. And I, I'd like to just dovetail onto that, that, um, you know, the uh, the event that the press event that Cisco held uh, was at this beautiful, lovely, historic venue, uh, you know, in the center of Barcelona. That was uh, just the National Art de Catalonia Museum, which was, you know, just a, an, an unbelievable venue for the evening. Um, one of the highlights, you know, you know, for me was the opportunity after a two year pause to be able to be back, you know, in, in front of, you know, people, my colleagues and my partners, uh, you know, having meetings in person again uh, was, you know, was was a, was a huge plus. Uh, it, it felt like a long time since we had all gotten back together. So there was a lot of energy uh, associated with the 60,000 plus participants in, uh, in Barcelona. And as, as Sean pointed out, you know, the you can't go wrong with the uh, the tapas and and the food and the seafood and you know the whole Barcelona experience uh, is is always uh, great mm-hmm. and in fact you know my 
the biggest problem I have is telling my family that I'm going there and, and not taking them, but uh, <laughs> we'll work at getting them there one at a time. There you go. I'll, I'll raise my hand to go next time too. It sounds amazing. Well, it has truly been our pleasure to have you both on the podcast today. I'd love to have you back on again soon, as I know our listeners are probably eager to learn from your experiences on the cutting edge of private 5G and Y5-6 technologies. Thank you both so much. Thank you. Thanks for having me and uh, be happy to come back anytime. Yep. Thank you. Appreciate it. And once again, Sean, thanks for the support from Cisco. Greatly appreciate it. Thank you, Jeff. We appreciate the partnership. Wonderful. And thank you to our listeners for tuning in. I hope these insights will help you as you start planning your next generation wireless network migrations and start to look at the type of wireless technologies that may best support your business today and in the future. I'm Therese Van Ryn. Until next time.